1: real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families.
0: Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now on Monday, Boris Johnson was subject to a vote of confidence by his MPs and 40% of, over 40% in fact, of his MPs expressed no confidence in him. The vote was 211 voting confidence, 148 voting no confidence. It's a serious crisis. Those numbers are worse Then Theresa May's numbers when she faced the vote of confidence and indeed John Major and Margaret Thatcher before who were uh, prime ministers who went through this um, process. Johnson had a cabinet meeting yesterday morning to celebrate. He, for the first time that I'm aware of, allowed the cabinet meeting to be filmed, at least the beginning of it, and in the beginning of it uh, he gave a speech to the cabinet in which... He uh, and I'll quote him, he sought to draw a line under what uh, had happened and to move on. He also, in that speech, attacked the media. It was really out of the Donald Trump playbook. But uh, we'll talk to Chris Johns now. Chris uh, is in London, and uh, I want to talk to Chris, who is a former chief economist of the Bank of Ireland and now a respected commentator, Chris, this vote is remarkable for the amount of opposition to the Prime Minister who has survived it but has other trials to come, uh, like the two by-elections later on in June and, of course, House of Commons committee that's looking to see if he lied or misled the House. He really is in big trouble, many people feel.
2: Yes, because those, those people that you mentioned, Thatcher, uh, Major, and, and Theresa May especially, didn't last much longer for one reason or another after, their, after they won their votes of, of no confidence. Uh, but as you say, they, they actually had bigger majorities than did Johnson. And one of the interesting things about Theresa May's vote in particular is that uh, it was said at the time, just as it's being said now, that at least she's safe for another year. And it turned out that she wasn't, because the uh, the story that's going around is that the, the grandees, the men in grey suits of the Tory party went to her and said, well, if you don't name your date for departure uh, ahead of that one-year deadline, we're going to change the rules of yes. the 1922 committee. And there are dark mutterings that something similar could happen again. There are differences, though. Last time around with Theresa May, it was a one-issue uh, affair. It was all about Brexit. Now there is uh, there are a whole plethora of issues, and um, the best uh, summary of all of those issues that I've seen was uh, the resignation letter written by an ex Treasury minister, ex senior Treasury minister called Jesse Norman, yes, um, who resigned on Monday just a few days ago. And in a long two page letter, he mentioned Partygate as one of the issues, but only one of the issues. There are just so many more that, that one can write about. Uh, Rory Stewart, an ex-Tory minister, who I'm sure you've heard of, um, one, yes, of the, the, one of the better Tories, if, if, if such a thing exists, um, repeated something yesterday that he's said many times in the past, that Johnson is a terrible human being and a worse prime minister, and that's a quote. Uh, so th- there are lots of people out there gunning for Johnson, and he's of course, is fighting back. It's been said many times that if he only won the vote By one vote, he wouldn't resign, and and so it has turned out with his slightly bigger majority. And now, I've said this so many times, really, since the Brexit referendum, that the wet atmosphere around Westminster is positively febrile, with all sorts of stories flying around. Um, One being that he's going to adopt a King Kong approach to the rebels and do what he did to the Brexit rebels, to the remain wing of the Conservative Party, a few years ago. Which you mentioned a Trumpian tactic. This one is positively solidist in that he's he's going to purge them, and because they're threatening uh, a tactic uh, essentially revolving around non-cooperation with the government's programme, such as it is. And we'll come to that in a second. So that they will either abstain or vote against him on block. In which case, it is said they will be they will lose the whip. Is the is the term used, which essentially means kicking them out of the parliamentary party. And that's what happened to the Brexit rebels, and eventually they were out of the out of the House of Commons altogether. And we have the ultra right wing conservative government that we have today. So threats and counter threats are being issued all over the place. There is uh, Johnson. Uh, the people around Johnson are briefing the press that a cabinet reshuffle is imminent, where people that supported him will be rewarded from the backbenches and from within cabinet f- with promotions and that people who are deemed to be less than loyal, or less loyal than they should have been, are going to be purged. Um, This is, uh, I think, for Johnson, a two-edged sword, because the more he purges people, the more enemies he's going to create.
0: Yes, and uh, actually many senior journalists are reporting that they've had private conversations with people who are ostensibly supporting Johnson, but indeed uh, in fact are not. Hence, the high number, 148, I mean, that number in Th- Theresa May's case was 119. So the high number against him suggests there are people um, in the ca- a number of cabinet ministers who voted against him. Uh, but there is, of course, the fact, and we'll return to it, that there's no obvious successor. But in the European Parliament this morning, Chris, uh, Miho Martin made a speech to which he received a standing ovation about Ireland's relationship with Europe, how important Europe had been uh, to Ireland's development. And he also referenced the Northern Ireland Protocol. And today the British government is in the process of writing unilaterally legislation to change the terms of the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is part of an international agreement that uh, secured for Johnson and his government the complete break, the hard Brexit they were seeking, it's clear to everybody now that they had no intention of honoring uh, that agreement. And therefore, this is, a and it can reasonably be said, this is a rogue government, not just in the way they're governing and in the corruption and the the, the partying and... The deep corruption that went through the COVID period uh, it is also a government with no regard for international law or its obligations.
2: The only thing that concerns Johnson now is his own survival, and I suspect that has always been the case. Uh, the, the Northern Ireland Protocol is a case in point. Yes, you um, pointed
0: it, to this weeks, several weeks ago, Chris, when you said he would find a diversion in Europe, a distraction.
2: Yes. And uh, it, uh, this could be the, the worst kind of distraction that he finds, not just because of what it actually does to the island of our Ireland, but what will then happen if this legislation is passed and enacted upon? Because it, it's a bit Byzantine. They were supposed to publish something today which um, has been heavily leaked. Tony Connolly of RTE, for example, has, 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 I think, seen seen a draft of this legislation which essentially seems to give ministers the power, should they choose to exercise it, to create a weird kind of second internal market between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. So it's couched in all sorts of legalese and all sorts of weird trade language, but has the effect, as you say, of unilaterally overwriting the agreement that they signed. And all sorts of stories have been emerging about this, uh, one being that the Attorney General Suella Braverman, searched high and low for a legal opinion that said that this move would be legal in international law. And she found it very, very hard to find somebody. And the story goes that she finally found a Trump-supporting lawyer, an academic, um, who said that it was legal. So, so out of loads consulted, only one lawyer said that it was going, it was okay, it would pass muster in legal terms, um, but all other lawyers have said no. Significantly, it's been reported this morning that the independent Treasury barrister, um, a, a little-known figure in British government, but he's, he's, he's important in this context, who is normally consulted on controversial legal questions such as this, um, it would be a matter of course that, that this independent Treasury barrister is consulted, and he hasn't been. And one can only assume that the reason why he wasn't asked is that um, people in downing street knew the answer that he would give yes because i think the majority legal opinion is that if and when and i suspect it is when rather than if this legislation should it be passed and acted upon go before an international court or even a domestic british court come to that it would be found to be wanting but that would obviously depend on my learned friends and how they perform in court so it's it's um It's now said not to be published today. The rumour yesterday was that it was due out today, and the story this morning is that it might be pushed into next week because of these issues. One of the issues is that Brandon Lewis, the Northern Ireland secretary, told uh, Johnson that if they just published this legislation in draft form, obviously it needs to pass the House of Commons, but the mere publication would lead to the re-establishment of the Northern Ireland executive. And that, um, the DUP would agree to a speaker being appointed and all of the things that are needed to do for Stormont to get up and running again. And again, the story of it this morning is that, um, Jeffrey Donaldson has said, no, uh, we're, we're going to sit on our hands and publication of this legislation is not enough. So as I say, it's feeble. There are stories emerging by the minute. So, uh, it remains to be seen even if this legislation will, will come through. I suspect it will. Um, but it looks like its publication has been delayed for a couple of days. Yeah, we'll have
0: what, to we'll have to pass through the Commons, and uh, there might be a doubt about that. Um,
2: given it wouldn't it wouldn't get through the Lords. It no, people.
0: and it can be held up in the Lords for a period of time. But what it well, you tell me. But Chris, what it seems to do is throw dust in people's eyes and give the impression that to use the phrase Margaret Thatcher used to use, that Boris Johnson is batting for Britain.
2: Yes, this is, this is what the pro-Tory media and their friends in Downing Street will uh, claim for this legislation. That this is Boris going out to bat for Britain, as you say, and he hopes that this will lead to a turnaround in his electoral fortunes. Um, I have to say that, frankly, on this issue, I doubt it. Um, in Great Britain in Wales, England and Scotland, the Northern Ireland protocol doesn't register at all on anybody's radar. Nobody understands it and fewer people care about it quite frankly. So the idea that uh, some obscure piece of legislation has resulted perhaps in a trade war with Europe, which will further damage the UK economy, should it come to that, I'm not sure that it will play as obviously well for Johnson as he clearly thinks it does, but, but, but time Will tell. Let me put my economist hat on just for a second Amy, and, and tell you one of the many ironic things about the Northern Ireland Protocol, um, contained in some data that was published yesterday, I think it was, which looked at the regional economies of the UK um, and asked which regions or cities yes. have uh, increased their GDP, increased their economic output to the point where now they are better off than they were before the pandemic. And there's only two bits of the UK economy that have grown to the point where they are now bigger than they were prior to the pandemic. One, you would obviously guess, would be London, because London is London and it's an economic powerhouse. But guess the only other region of the UK that is now bigger than it was prior to the pandemic. Yes. It's it's Northern Ireland. Yes. And Northern Ireland has grown relative to Wales, Scotland, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds. Northern Ireland has grown faster mostly, if not entirely, because of that Northern Ireland protocol, sitting as it does in the European single market. And so, as I say, that's one of the many ironies, is that this much hated by the Tories, at least, Northern Ireland protocol and the DUP, has led to a very good economic outcome for Northern Ireland. And sooner or later, one would have thought that the people of Northern Ireland would notice this.
0: Yes, and the it, it isn't the people who are demanding uh, the change it's the Democratic Unionist Party uh, and he he owes them uh, a favour because he lied to them so blatantly about the protocol in the first instance um, it, the issues that are waiting for him there's a by-election uh, in Tiverton and a by-election in Wakefield on June the 23rd in both cases the the members who have had to stand down uh, were guilty of sex crimes uh well in one case a sex crime for which the offender is in prison and in the other case uh, a man who was watching porn on his mobile phone in the chamber of the house of commons while he alleges or he allegedly was looking for tractors um there is this sleaze and and feeling of really uh, what's the right word to use? It's a seedy. Johnson himself is seedy, and everything around him appears to be at the moment seedy. People are having to lie, including cabinet ministers who are having to pretend to support him whilst voting against him in secret ballots. How long can this last?
2: Well, to give an example of what the by-election campaign is like in Tiverton, which is in the southwest of England and that one is thought highly likely to go the way of the Lib Dems. The um, interesting one, one of the many interesting aspects of these two by-elections is that there is clearly an informal non-aggression pact between Labour and the Lib Dems, and if that is a template going forward for further by-elections and indeed the general election itself, there's lots of problems with that. It's not a certainty that that will happen, but if that does happen, That is the ultimate nightmare for thoughtful Tory strategists, should any be left, because that means that the two-thirds of the British population that don't vote Tory will um, finally be given a voice in this first-past-the-post system that we have. To give you a flavour for that Tibetan by-election and the issue around tractors that you mentioned, a (laughs) a a social media sensation in Tibetan is a farmer who is... Um, ha- hilariously posting lots of YouTube videos about his relationship with tractors. And uh, this has attracted <laughs> hu- huge amounts of attention, as you can probably imagine, and huge amounts of hilarity. So down there, they are laughing at the Tories, which I think is, is going to be fatal for them. And the opinion polls from Wakefields, such as they are, opinion polls as we know can be wrong, put Labour massively, massively ahead. 20%. Of. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's an enormous swing that, that again should be, should be scary. But it's, it's taken as read. I think that they are likely to lose these two elections and that we can almost write the speech that Johnson will give after the results are announced, which is that, yes, we've been given a good kicking. I hear you. I've listened. Now let's move forward and we will reestablish our trust with the electorate. Yada, yada, yada. That's what he's going to do he's going he these two by-elections will not prove fatal for him as you say there are lots of other things coming his way and um, the standards committee uh which is, is thought likely to report on uh, partygate and yeah, whether and, and,
0: and, 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 they reckon that report will be out
3: in the autumn as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b
0: I just want to make a couple of points, Chris. One is, and it's it's a pro-Johnson or pro-Johnson government point, about the support they've given Ukraine and gave Ukraine from the get-go, really, uh, when other European governments uh, were, uh, should we say, slow to make commitments. Uh, Britain did uh, provide defensive weaponry at first and um, now has continued. Johnson, of course, for a photo opportunity, did go to Kyiv, uh, and Britain has been to the forefront of the West's endeavors to repel the Russian invasion. And yesterday, Zelensky, President Zelensky, said he was glad that Boris Johnson had survived the heave against him. And one, I, I don't know what you feel about it, but I feel obliged to acknowledge that. And yeah. and that is a, f- a fact, and it's a plus fact. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes, um, and there are a couple of things to be said about that. First, you know, it was the right thing to do. And yes. I think it's right to criticise lots of European countries for their slowness in helping Ukraine. Um, it's always important to put that in historical context. But yes, yes Britain, Britain um, has had a good war so far. Um, one To give you an idea again about how ridiculous certain members of British boris johnson's cabinet is and uh, going into the vote of no confidence there was a, an interview from the lobby of the house of commons conducted with nadine doris who <laughs> is <saw> the, <laughs> the, the culture secretary yes, um, i call her the culture war secretary in which she said many things and she delivered a very very personal and um, frankly hysterical attack on um uh, hunt who is, is yep. rumored to be on maneuvers but she stated quite Plainly, um, Britain is at war with Ukraine, which is why we must vote for Johnson. Yes. And an, an extraordinary mangling, mangling of words. So, yes. Um, Did
0: you know that Nadine uh, Doris was sharing her Netflix password with her family and her relatives?
2: I think a minor crime, but considering all of the things no, that
0: No, uh, she's done... Johnson, well, she's She's um, gone to privatise Channel Four, which is a very nice, and she's gone to make the BBC uh, a subscription-only service, which will actually finish the BBC because they will—it won't be—you won't yeah. be obliged then to pay a licence fee. Now there is another question. But let, let
2: me before, before you go on to that. Let me yeah. answer your question directly about about help for Ukraine. So we're giving credit for 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 Johnson's help for Ukraine yeah. is is appropriate. That's the right thing to do. I would assert that any British Prime Minister of any colour persuasion political party would have done exactly the same as johnson Um, and the other thing i would say is that uh, even donald trump very occasionally stumbled on a policy that turned out to be correct not everything that these awful people do is completely stupid um johnson in dominic cummings famous metaphor is a shopping a shopping trolley with a wonky wheel and so he's out of control he bounces off walls but occasionally he falls over Yes. A policy that is the correct one, and this, I think, is one of them. It, he, has, he has alighted on something that works. He's alighted on something that is right, and he's alighted on something that is popular with the British people. So we can expect more of it, appropriately so. But yeah. when it comes to the wider policy agenda, there's nothing there. This is this is a key point for this for this Tory party, and the, the, one of the many reasons why this result for johnson staying in power is a tragedy both for the country and the tory party itself is that there is no policy agenda this idea that we will the quote that is used most often by, by johnsonian spokespeople is that um we will now get back to delivering on our agenda they don't have one yeah uh, the, the the famous leveling up thing that they claim to have been elected to do. Nothing. And I mean, nothing has happened about that. If you look at the statistics that I quoted earlier about regions and the way in which they are growing or not growing, it's quite clear that the places that they promised economic growth to um, are still going backwards relative to the South, relative to London. And the the policy documents that they have produced, such as they are, and I use the term advisedly, um, for levelling up amount to nothing. There is nothing there apart from Dominic Cummings' trolley.
0: Yes, and the other way of describing Mr Johnson is that he's a pound shop version of Donald Trump. And there's a tendency developing in the last couple of weeks and maybe uh, at its zenith this morning in the Daily Mail and indeed in Johnson's filmed cabinet speech uh, yesterday in which he said... Let's fight the media. Let's do what we want to do, not what the media want us to do. And this whole idea of fake news, the media being rotten. Now we have today a, a, a newspaper, Daily Mail, with large photographs of some of the most outstanding journalists who've worked, uh, who are working in, in, in London. Beth Rigby, political editor of Channel, uh, of, uh, uh, Sky, Sky. Uh, Katya Adler, European correspondent of the BBC, Sam Coates, political correspondent, a young guy in Sky who's doing really, really good work, Robert Peston, who's the political editor of uh, ITV, John Snow, who is no longer working for Channel 4, but was a journalist of some uh, repute, all with large photographs of them. This Full frontal attack on journalists, which really, really, in a British context, is quite appalling and as bad as anything Trump ever did.
2: I agree. And the um, I mentioned the culture secretary, and this is the culture war yes. aspect of this. And the Daily
0: journalist Mayoff? on journalist, it hasn't not a, on a one-off basis, which is okay. I've done it myself. But this is on a constant basis, as a matter of policy, to discredit someone who's criticizing a politician they like.
2: So they think that it's a media storm, uh, yes. with all of this uh, the, uh, conspiracy to uh, d- dethrone Johnson. Um, they've dis- they The Daily Mail described it as a coup attempt, yes. which is an extraordinary abuse of the language. But as you say, it's Trumpian. I I would suggest there's many other dictators um, now long deceased who will be smiling uh, from wherever they are sitting looking at this thinking this is straight from uh, let's call it the way it is it's straight from the fascist playbook and the Daily Mail has form in this regard you will remember during the Brexit referendum camp um, post-Brexit referendum thing when um, it was all very febrile again in Westminster they had a famous front page in which they published pictures of judges Yes. Under underneath the headline enemies of the yes. people. Yes. Indeed. This is straight out. This is straight out yes. of the playbook. Yes. Somebody like me would argue that far from being uh, anti Boris Johnson, the media taken in the round in the UK, when I think of um, the Express, the Mail, the Sun um, and, and, Block- and the Spectator and lots of other uh, establishment media organizations in the UK led by. And um, people like Murdoch, like the Barclay brothers, led by Britain's equivalents of Russian oligarchs, quite yes. frankly, are very friendly towards the, 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 the Conservative Party. But it is a belief deeply held by a lot of right wing conservatives that they face in the round a hostile media. I think that's actually factually incorrect. Um, the idea that the BBC is hostile to the government now is ridiculous because the BBC, I think, because of all these threats over the licence fee, has been completely cowed yes. and is bending over backwards to be neutral about the government to the point where I think it, it, it tends to favour them. But Channel 4, of course, definitely is, it de- is definitely in the camp of being anti-the government, at least Channel 4 News is. The organisation itself is much bigger than its news arm. And, but to punish Channel 4, for the stance that it has taken from time to time, and um, the Culture War Secretary Nadine Doris plans to privatise Channel Four. Yes. Now, this has become a cause celebre for the Tory Party to punish and take exact revenge on Channel Four for the stance that it has been taken. This is an independent media organisation. It doesn't cost the
0: government money. a penny.
2: Yeah, it 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 it, it doesn't. It's not subsidized by the government. It's an independent media organization entitled, we would have thought, to that age-old principle of free speech. But for the crime of exercising its rights to free speech, it is now going to be financially defenestrated via uh, a privatization. And presumably, I have no idea whether the privatization will go ahead. But when it is in the hands of private equity and venture capitalists, it will certainly look a very, very different organization to the one that it looks now. And that, of course, is the point. But blaming the media is, a, is an age-old tactic, and it is a sinister one, um, and it indicates the depths to which these people are now plumbing.
0: Just a final question, Chris. How long has he got?
2: I think he'll be gone by the end of the year. But as I've said to you many times in the past, Damon, I say that very tentatively yep. because I've been wrong when you've asked me this question before. Um, I thought he would have. Would have everybody's, gone by now. Been,
0: everybody's been wrong. Uh, yeah, uh, all of the time about yes. Johnson's uh, sell-by date.
2: I think that the, the only way they can get him out now, really, is to uh, have those men in grey suits approach him and say, "Your time is up, Boris." And that would be that group. Presumably, would be led by the uh, chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir but, Graham Brady, who said yeah, not a, to like him. Yeah, he's, he's also said to be no chance that he's prepared to do that because he knows that unlike with Theresa May, when that that, converse, that same conversation was had, she accepted under the unwritten rules of the game that her time was up and that she gave them the date that she would depart the political stage. Um, what I think the men in grey suits will fear is if they do approach Johnson, he will just take revenge on them. Yeah. So um but that's the only way that I can see and, and other um political commentators can see that they could get him out this side of twelve months. That that so my conclusion that would be gone by the end of the year is a is a very, very tentative one. It's more he should be gone by now. Um the the, 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 the various ways in which this is going the shopping trolley is going to bounce off walls over the next few months are clear, the by elections, the report of the Common Standard Committee. And anything else that Johnson does, because the critical thing to understand is that every time Johnson does something wrong, um, for which he then subsequently apologizes or just moves on from, uh, it's always repeated. Yes. So um, he will do something else. We don't know what that is, but he will do something else to stoke controversy. And the the interesting question is, is is there nothing that he would do? that wouldn't cause the Conservative Party to finally say enough, Johnson, enough already. Um, so far the answer to that question is there is no line that there is no red line for the Conservative Party. He can cross cross anything. So I I tentatively think, hope that he'll be gone by the end of the year. But at the same time I think it's important to, to stress that point I made. I think it's a tragedy for the country because it means that the policy is the, the country is utterly rudderless when it comes to um, strategy, to, to policy. Uh, and all those other things that we've we've spoken about, but don't forget, on the flip side of that is that the the result of the confidence vote was fabulous news for Labour and the Lib Dems. Yes, if they can if they can get their act together with this non aggression pact in particular, but just cooperation generally, and harness those two thirds of the country's votes that do not vote Conservative, didn't vote Conservative last time, then I think that uh, it, it's fantastic political news over the next few years rather than the next few months for those two parties. But it's a tragedy for the country.
0: Okay Chris we're grateful to you for joining us Uh, Thank you very much indeed. That's Chris Johns. We're grateful to Chris to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.
3: So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.
1: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com newsadfree